Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Everybody doing good today? You guys look at Don there with that sixth seat. I told him I wasn't going to make fun of him, but I lied. I was reprimanded and said, please, six seats. There will be six seats for Saturday. And the, you need more than six? The Davis family, you guys need more? Twelve? Fifteen. There will be fifteen seats across, and I'm going to put your names on it. Do not sit here. I love it. I love y'all's passion, too. Listen, uh, before I start, um, I do want, there, we have some special guests here. Do you guys know that? We do have some members of our military here that are home visiting their families. Can you guys stand up, please? I know there's some over here. Come on, guys. Y'all already got your head down. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Where's Ben? Is Ben here? Where's Ben? Ben. Stand up, Ben. And here's the cool part. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the cool part. They all are Navy guys, right? Every one of them? Yeah. Yep. Cool. Thank you guys for your service. Thank y'all. Y'all give them another hand. That's cool stuff. That's cool stuff. Listen, we've been going through a series uh, on the Advent like we do every year at this time. I want to I uh, thank you guys for being so attentive. And the Van Horn family, thank you guys so much for doing that for us today. And um, listen, Advent, uh, it means this. It means the coming or the arrival it's a season that is traditionally a time of expectation. It's waiting, anticipation, and longing. That's what Advent is. It's a time that we're looking forward. And I told you guys last week what the candles were. The purple candles represent more of a reflection time, a prayer, a prayer time, time to contemplate, you know, an inward-looking thing. Last week we talked about joy, and that's the pink candle. So you have the purple candle and the pink candle. And then, of course, the white candle in the center represents the coming of Christ. And this coming Saturday at 4 p.m., we will light the white candle and you guys will come here for a Christmas Eve service that I, I tell you, I promise you, I don't think you're going to want to miss. I really don't. We've got some really cool, special things set up. Dan and the worship team has been really working hard and they've got some really cool things set up for you guys. They really do. What is the candle for today? Well, I thought I'd tell you a story and maybe you could figure out what the candle for today is. And he's going to kill me, but I don't care because I was told this story this week. And I want you to know <clears throat> that a situation happened a few weeks back. Some of my friends were on a cruise. They were getting ready to get on a cruise and they were, in, they were getting ready to fly out. And they were, they were at the airport. And honestly, you guys, a, uh, a situation occurred where... There was another family that had, they had their reservations and they had copies on their phone. They had copies on their phone of their credit cards, but they didn't have the actual card. They didn't have the actual card. And they were in, you know, you can imagine if you have this planned trip and you're going to go, but you don't have the card. You got your family all there. You got this. And they didn't have the card at all. And so one of our members they walked up and they heard the conversation. You know what they did? They said, we'll pay for your trip. And they took out and they paid for those people's trip. 
And those people were blown away because they had felt and seen and experienced the love of Christ. And when those people got back, they actually sent, from what I understand, they sent back the funds. And they wrote how good God was. And they experienced how good God was. Today's topic is love. And Roy and Jeannie Davis are the family that paid for that trip. Yes. Today's topic is love. I want to tell you what we do, guys. Oftentimes we get love wrong. We do. Let's take a look at 1 John 4, 9. That's 1 John 4, 9. 1 John 4, 9. 1 John 4, 9 says this. It said, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. And I love it because we, we read from John 3.16 and we see that. But if you, if you want to experience and if you want to understand the depth of God's love for us, read 1 John. You can do that this week. And honestly, if you go and read 1 John, it'll be a much better example of God's love for us than what I'm going to tell you today. It really will. Because no matter what I say, I'll tell you this, we get love wrong a lot. Whenever I was a youth pastor, I used to say this all the time, and you've probably heard me say it, is, you know, I would have these girls that would come up and they'd say like, oh my gosh, I'm so in love and my boyfriend loves me and he really does. He loves me. And I didn't have the heart to tell him, but I was thinking, honey, he loves you and he loves pizza and he loves football and he loves trucks, all equal. They're all the same. See, the girl had this depth of love and the guy was like, yeah, I love her. And I love going to Domino's. Same thing. We get love wrong a lot. We really, we really do. There's a word called agape. And we think that agape is a feeling. It means love, but we think love is a feeling. But love's not a feeling. Love is a way of treating people. Love is how we act. It's not how we feel. For those that listened to Christian music back in the early 90s, DC Talk had it right. Love is a verb. You guys remember that song, Love is a Verb? You guys aren't giving me any feedback today. I'm going to stop the service and we're going to throw out, we're going to have a disco right here. If you don't, you're either going to start dancing or something's going to happen, all right? You guys remember the song, Love is a Verb? All right, not all you do because some of you guys aren't even old enough. Listen, love is the way, is an action. Love is something that we express. That's what love is. It's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. And so when you realize that love's not a feeling, it's 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 an act of expression. We realize and we can realize that this, and this is the first thing I want to tell you about love, is that we are all on a journey. Okay? We are all on a journey. A journey. I want to tell you a story. Whenever I worked in mental health, whenever I, I actually worked in a mental health facility, I really did. I worked in a mental health facility. I did not live in a mental health facility. I worked in a mental health facility. I did. And, uh, and when I worked there, I would hear stories of people's lives. I got to hear stories of people's lives. And as they told the stories, you know, when they first came in, I was like, wow. Those people are messed up. Why in the world do they act that way? Wow, those people have this problem. 
wow, those people have that problem. And we would look for ways to help them. But then I would hear their story. And when I would hear their story, you know what I would think? What took you so long to get here? Because if I had lived through what you have lived through, I would have made it a lot earlier here. We all have lived different lives. It's one of the hard things about marriage. It's one of the hard things about marriage is that we've all lived different lives. And so up to this point, and I've told you guys this story before, up to this point, you know, I thought I knew how to fold a towel, right? <laughs> Little did I know that when I met Wendy, she would educate me on how to fold a towel. One of the things, wasn't it better last week when she wasn't here? Wasn't it better? It really was. It was really great when she wasn't here. No, listen, one of the things that I realized, and I love it. You know what I love about going, going home to my mom's house? Is that I look in that towel thing and I'm like, that's how you fold a towel. And then I go back to my house. That's what happens. See, my experience was different. It was different than hers. And so when you get married, that's why it's so hard. That's why it's so difficult. Because it's like, no, you don't do it that way. You do it this way. And no, you don't do that. You do this. And then you have to compromise and say, well, okay, look, I'm going to allow you to fold a towel that way. And I will try my best to fold a towel that way. But I'm not budging on drinking out of the milk. Out of the container. If you've been to my house and you've drank milk, we've drank together. <laughs> we have. Wendy promises if you come to the open house tonight that everything will be fresh and undrank out of. Right, Wendy? That's right. That's right. Everybody that comes is going like, I'll take some milk. No, I'm good. I don't think I want to take your milk. I don't think I want to take you milk. So listen, we have all faced different problems. We've all had different experiences and God doesn't want all of us to be the same. He doesn't. And the cool thing I love about God is that he loves all of us individually and he made all of us individually and he loves us that way. And he wants to come in and have a relationship with us, not corporately, individually. That's what he wants from us. I was a horrible student growing up, and I'll tell you right now, my teachers would be amazed that I'm up here speaking to you. They won't be amazed that I was up here telling jokes. They'd just be amazed that I could write out a sermon and then deliver it to you in a coherent way. Because I was always, I know this will shock you guys, I was always the class clown. I always was. I drove my teachers crazy. It's funny working at a school now because they'd be like, you do what? <laughs> you work at a school? Okay. Well, it's always funny because uh, Thursday is always a telling day because teachers that had seemed miserable for about half the semester suddenly on Thursday were walking around here all happy. Do you know why they were happy? Because they didn't have to put up with your stupid kids for the next four weeks or three weeks. That's why. That's why two and a half weeks. They didn't have to do that. They were all happy. They were all stoked. It's funny. Our best times, we have two times of the year when Wendy is on top of the world. It's, it's last Friday when she was getting off work for holiday. And then it's graduation day. That's the two days where she celebrates. The other days are all miserable. Anyway, I'm just kidding. They're not really miserable for the most part. But here's the thing we have to realize and this is something that I think that we can learn from. It's, it would be easier to love other people if you realize that we're all on a different journey. 
and what you've experienced and what I've experienced is different. And listen, and this is something that certain people are on their journey and we meet them maybe at a bad part or a part where God hadn't done this work or done that work for them yet. Or maybe they haven't experienced this or that yet. And we meet them at that part. And it's our job as followers of Jesus to love them through those rough patches. Do you know why you're supposed to love people through rough patches? Because people have loved you through rough patches. That's why. People have shown you. How many people have ever been sitting? I tell you, the, the worst story I ever had in student ministry was experienced when I was out of student ministry. And here's one thing that, that would bug me. I'm paranoid about this. And I don't know why I'm paranoid about it. But I'm paranoid about someone running my card and it getting declined. I'm paranoid about that. You know, I don't know why. I just am. That mortifies me. It was pouring down rain and we were going to Florida. And this was the first trip with this church I had taken. We had a ton of high schoolers and middle schoolers. We were all actually, they're all high schoolers. We were, we were going down to Florida. We took them to the beach for a beach camp. We were going to stay the whole week. It's pouring down raining. The person has filled up the, the vehicle with diesel and I have to go in and pay for it. And I go up there and that lady yells, declined, declined. And she did it with a snarky attitude too, by the way. She was happy about it. Anyway, listen, declined, declined. There's nothing worse than that. There's nothing worse than that. And I wanted to yell, this is not my card. The church is horrible, not me. This is not it. I, end up, I ended up paying, paying out of my own pocket for, for, for that fuel. And I called the lady and I said, listen, you have to up our balance. And she said, well, I don't know why. It's at $500. I was like, 500 bucks? I've got like 30 kids here. You can't buy, you know, a Snicker bar for each one for 500 bucks. Come on. And so they ended up upping it to 1000 And then I got real with them and I said, look, <laughs> You guys have to do better than this. And they ended up doing it. But, you know, and, and, and when I heard the story this week about Roy, and I don't want to, Roy does not want any of this. He's going to kill me afterwards. But when I heard the story this week about Roy, what I, what I realized is, is that he, he decided instead of allowing someone to sit in embarrassment that he would act. And he would even act. And, I, and the, you know what the part I love the most about the story is he had no thought of whether or not he would ever get those funds back. It didn't matter to him. You know why? Because people matter more than finances. People matter more than policies. People matter more. And that's something that comes natural to him. And I really believe we can learn a lot. And I really think that it should come natural to us too. If we're followers of Jesus, we all are on a journey. We all are on a journey. The second thing I want you to know is this, is you have to receive from God and release to others. You have to receive love from God and you have to release it to others. And here's the thing I want you to understand. If you don't got it, you can't give it. I want you to hear it. If you don't got it, you can't give it. You can't fake it. After a while, you're going to give up. If you don't got it, you can't give it. When we receive love from God, what does that mean? It means we're connected to him. It means we're reading his word. It means we're praying to him. It means we're having deep conversations with our fellow believers. It means we're coming to worship. It means we're actively worshiping him while we're here. It means that we're actively worshiping him during the week. It means he's a part of our life. He's part of our everyday life. That's how we connect with God. That's how we recede from God. It means that we've experienced his grace and his mercy. It means that he set us free from those things that once bound us. It means that we've accepted his gift of eternal life. That's what it means. When we receive that from God, then the natural thing should be that we overflow on to other people. I want you to know something. 
And this is a fact. You cannot separate your love from God from your love from others. It's connected. It's connected. You know how I know that? Because there was a time when they said, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? You know what he said? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. And you know the verse. And then he said, but the other one is just as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. You cannot separate the connection between the two. I've met a lot of people in my life that want to love God and tell me how much they love God, but they treat other people like garbage. They want to love God, but they want to say things and do things that are mean and uncalled for. In their brain, they think that they're a follower of Christ. But I'm telling you right now, in their heart, I'm not so sure. You can't separate, you can't separate your love for God and your love for people. You can't do it. So my thing to you is, is that I want my life and my love for both God and people to line up. I want it to be in alignment. You know, you know, one of the things that I've tried to teach you guys here is that one of the best things you can do is you can get your life aligned with what the text of the scripture says. Are you with me? You know, there's a, there's a thing going around here, and I know you guys probably know this, but there's a thing going around here where people want to say, well, you know, if, because here, here's, here's what the truth, if you can't, if you can't get your way by, by, by saying, by changing what the word of God says, then you get your way by changing the weight and the importance of it. See, you have to do one or the other. And there's people that are refuse to align their life with the word of God. They, they refuse to do it. And the reason they refuse to do it is because they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Or they don't want to stand up for certain things. And so, and I heard a story about that this week. Where instead of standing up, they said, oh, well, I don't know. You know, it's almost like the snake in the garden. What, did God really say that? Does God really say that? Oh, did, are you sure? Are you sure that's what they said? But here's the truth of the matter. We have to align our lives with God's word. And we have to be in alignment. And we know we're in alignment when we have that incredible peace that surpasses all understanding. The same is true for our love for God and for other people. Our love for God and our love for other people have to be in alignment with one another. They have to be in alignment. They have to walk hand in hand as we go throughout our lives. Here's another truth that I want you to know. You have to choose to love other people. You have to practice Love. I've said that to you the whole time. You have to practice love because I'm going to tell you what happens. Eventually, God is going to break your heart for another person. He's going to break your heart for another person. And if you haven't ever had that happen before, I encourage you to request God break my heart for other people. What does that mean? It means that you've heard their story and you've listened so intently and you, you, it, there's an overwhelming like I've got to do something on their behalf. That's what breaking your heart for someone else looks like. There's a story, one of my favorite movies, and we'll watch it this week. This week we're just going to hang out and watch Christmas movies and, and, and help other people and have a lot of fun. It's what, it's what my plan is this week. And so, but there's a story, there's a, there's a part, there's a scene in, in the movie Home Alone. You know, the scary guy next door, the scary neighbor in, in Home Alone, and he's, he's all scary. But the truth of the matter is, 
is that that man hadn't seen his family in years and years and years and years and years. And he was lonely. He was really a loving, he comes out as a very loving, loving person, but he was lonely. Jesus loves the lonely. Jesus loves the ones that have messed up. He loves the ones that have been outcasts. He loved the woman caught in adultery. He loved the tax crook, Zacchaeus. He loved the woman at the well that we looked at in, in our scriptures, John. And at some point, he loved you and he loved me enough to die for us. He loved you and I enough to come down and to take our place and to take on our sin. He loved us enough. And I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes it's easy to love those that sit around us. And it's easy to love those that we agree with. But sometimes we have to love those that are critical of us. I want to read for you what Luke chapter 6 says. And it won't be up there. I want to read it to you. It says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that for you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good for those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners Lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the, uh, to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Why? Why is that? Well, because our job is to love others and leave the rest to God. No matter how we feel about them, no matter how bad. I'm going to tell you something. I have seen so many people with hardened hearts whose heart has been softened when you express to them in some action that you care about them. Because a lot of people with hardened hearts haven't experienced unconditional love from other people. I love this story. I heard this story two weeks ago and I absolutely love the story. And it fits so good with this message um, and this place means a lot to me. My brother's actually been there, my brother and sister-in-law. The capital of Ethiopia is Adi Ababa. That's, I, I practiced that. I didn't do very well, did I? Adi Ababa is, is, the, is the capital. And if you don't know Adi Ababa from anything else, you should know it from there's an intersection in Adi Ababa where everybody's going everywhere. Have you guys seen that video? That, there's a massive intersection. Just do this when you get home. YouTube, don't do it now because I want you to listen. YouTube, YouTube, capital of Ethiopia intersection. And that, there's not a light, there's nothing. And it goes everywhere. My brother's been through that. He said it's the craziest thing he ever seen in his life. Anyway, there was, a, there was a church there and they wanted to plant a church. And so they went to the government and they said, listen, the city and said, we want to plant a church. And they said, no. They said, well, why can't we plant a church? And they said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. And I love this. It says, you can't plant a church unless you be the church. And they were like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you can't plant a church here unless you also be the church and start something else. So you have to have a church, but you also have to have another ministry that helps the poor, the homeless, the orphans, the widows. So guess what they figured out? They figured out that there was not any education for those that were deaf, nowhere. And guess what they did? They started a deaf school out of their church. And guess what happened? It grew and grew and grew and grew. And it multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. 
And the person that the person that started the church in the deaf school said this. It said the most amazing thing that I've ever witnessed is going from church to church to church to church now all over Ethiopia and seeing sign language ministries going on where they're signing the worship to God. Why? All because they were the hands and feet. All because they were the ones that decided that they would not just try to have a church, but they would be the church. I want to tell you one more thing, and it's this. If I had any advice for you, it'd be what Billy Graham said. Love others and leave the rest to God. Love others and leave the rest to God. Billy Graham said that God judges, Holy Spirit convicts, and we are to love people. God judges, Holy Spirit convicts, and we are to love people. What does that mean? Here's what it doesn't mean. I want you to hear this. This is very, because we get this wrong in society. Here's what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you don't call out something when it's against biblical truth. You know, you don't just roll over. That's not what it means. As a matter of fact, the scriptures will tell us that if we don't call out the biblical truth, that it means we actually don't love them to begin with. So that's not what it means. It, 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 means, that you, you, it means that you bypass hard conversations with other people about God's word. That's not what it means. We become very confused because Jesus spoke truth to everyone he encountered and he did it in a loving way. Here's what it is. Loving others and leaving the rest of God means that you see past someone's situation. That you see past their current situation. One of the things we do here, and, and you know, this is always kind of, kind of, you know, as a church you never know. We don't get a lot of people, but as a church you never know what to do when someone comes off the street and says, hey, I need gas money. You never know because you don't want to give them gas money and then they go up and get what? Alcohol, right? Or whatever, cigarettes or whatever they want to get. So you, we never know what to do on that. And so we've tried various things. We've gotten gift cards. We've done various things. But one of the things we've all agreed on is this, as a leadership team and, and as a pastoral staff. Listen, we don't know what the person's going to do with this gift card or this money. What we're going to do is do what God told us to do. And what God told us to do is when there's someone in need, help them. And that's what we end up doing. And we leave knowing there's a clear conscience when someone comes up. And the same thing is true for you. The same thing is true for you. And the same thing is true for me. We have to see past other people's current situations. We have to see past their struggles. I encourage you to run your race. And I encourage you to experience the life that you have. But don't place your judgments on other people. The other thing is this. We're to wrap our speech, our actions, and everything in a blanket of love. We should always start any aspect of our life from a place of love, not a place of judgment or being critical. You know what I mean? And I want you to know this. I want you to understand this. You can love other people and not agree with them. You can love other people and not agree with their lifestyle. You can love other people and not agree with their life choices. And you don't have to be the megaphone telling them why they're wrong about everything. I'll promise you this. If you will live your life the way God calls you to, you will show them more Jesus than you'll ever tell them about. You can do that. You can do that. I promise you that you can do that. I want to wrap up this by letting you guys know 
that we're all on a journey and that in order to give love, we have to receive it from God. And then when we receive it, we have to practice it. And we have to make the decision to love others and leave the rest to God. And that's why I think Christ came. Let me pray for you. Lord, we're so thankful for who you are. We're thankful, God, for your steadfast love for us. We're thankful, Lord, that you are, God, just an an incredible, unbelievable example of the way we are to live. There's no confusion, God. There's no confusion about how we're to live, God. Your life is the example for us. And so, God, my prayer is for everyone here today and for everyone listening at home that they would set their mind to say, I, too, want to be the example. I want to follow Christ in his example. And I want to be a disciple of his in his example. And I want to walk in a way that glorifies him and that aligns my heart with his word. Let us not look at people as enemies. Let us not look at people as being, you know, strange or weird just because they're different from us. Let us love people and call out the truth in a loving way. Lord, as we do that and as we see people turn to you, we're not going to take the credit, but we'll give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up and sing a final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.